Did I tell you that every time that I open Google Chrome now, it asks me, are you Ricardo? Are you Natalia? <laughs> every time. Well, you know, we are challenging our uh, personalities in here. So. <laughs> I'm slowly turning into Natalia. Yeah. Don't ever put boundaries or limits on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the third episode of the Young Artists Podcast. Uh, this is Natalia and today I will be giving you a few artistic recommendations. It's an unusual episode, but I hope you'll like it. Recently I have visited a London Design Biennale, which is uh, focused around different pavilions from different countries uh, who want to talk about the topics that are urgent to them or they're just interesting and they want other people to learn um, about. So um, I had a chance to visit the Polish pavilion and the Ukrainian pavilion where the curators were uh, speaking themselves about what are the pavilions and how they came up with the idea. And it was extremely interesting um, because as I am Polish myself, it really concerns uh, my uh, understanding of design and the urgent political uh, and geographical issues. Uh, the curators that uh, took us around uh, the Polish pavilion were Zofia Jaworowska, Michał Sikorski and Petro Vladimirov. And the way they approach uh, the design of the pavilion and the topic of the Biennale was uh, thinking about uh, what's really urgent in Poland. And because of the Russian-Ukrainian conflict, they started thinking about how can designers help uh, in the times of a political crisis. And uh, they came to the conclusion that actually windows and uh, doors are the things that are of the highest need during the war and uh, they are actually really hard to obtain and to install on the warfare. But not only on, on the warfare, actually in the recent explosion in Lebanon, uh, the windows disappeared in the perimeter of 10 kilometers around the explosion. So it was really hard to get them back in place. They are also a, really, a relatively expensive thing, so um, the designer said, okay, let's think about how to help Ukraine with a lack of windows. So the first phase of the project was a collection of windows in Poland from uh, people who just wanted to exchange their windows for a new one or who had uh, many spare windows. And after this collection, they sent the windows to Ukraine. And for the London Pavilion, they did exactly the same thing, but in London, they organized a collection of windows around the whole city of London and they collected windows of uh, different design, different sizes and different materials and they installed a little artistic installation in the pavilion made out of those windows. It was really interesting to see because uh, the curators, they also included the boroughs and the donators of the windows so you could see who gave the window and where the person was living. So I found it really, really interesting because the project became personal. And 
what else they did is uh, they they came up with a really simple uh, design for window installation on a warfare which does not require any scaffolding or any special uh, equipment. It's relatively easy and quick to install. And they basically uh, showed all those things and they uh, then they described that everything that is um, shown in the pavilion is later gonna be used either in architecture or is gonna be sent directly to Ukraine. So the pavilion is has zero carbon uh, footprint, which I found super interesting, especially that events such as biennales and exhibitions where artists need to create their own pieces, especially for the event, sometimes face the challenge of being, sustain of being not sustainable because they, uh, the materials get wasted. So I really, really um, appreciated the approach of the curators. Afterwards, uh, we have proceeded to the Ukrainian pavilion with Larisa Tsebina, who was the curator of this pavilion. And actually, it was a little bit overwhelming because the curator mentioned that the designers and other people who were responsible for um, creating this exhibition were not able to join and to come because of the war. So. Uh, it's really important to be aware of the um, situation that others face. And actually the whole pavilion was um, situated around uh, Ukrainian resources. And it was a little bit nostalgic because um, some designs that were presented were talking about uh, the things that are beautiful in Ukraine, but at the moment they are situated on the occupied ter territory. So uh, the curator, she was also a little bit emotional talking about those things. And I found it so beautiful how we can understand through design how uh, certain things are really important to people and how they can present their own country and what is so beautiful about their country, their resources, their uh, nature through simple designs. And the message can be really emotional, it can be really uh, touching, uh, while the designs are relatively simple, but there is a huge story behind them. For example, with the designs that were presented at the beginning, uh, most of them, all of them actually, were made from the resources, for example, from salt or from um, coal, and it were really simple, minimalistic structures but the message behind them were quite strong. To give you a better understanding of what these little sculptures were, uh, or the little design pieces, they were actually silos, which are uh, used to store different materials. And um, the curator, she explained that they are very proud of uh, those things in the occupied territory, and that's how they wanted to bring awareness. So yes, I find it really interesting how you can uh, bring awareness uh, through simple but beautiful designs. Uh, those pavilions were the closest to my heart because uh, I'm really involved in what's happening. Uh, but uh, not only Polish and Ukrainian pavilions were interesting. I actually went to see uh, all of them, all of the pavilions presented because I found them really captivating and 
I want to talk a little bit about the Austrian pavilion, which were which was a very uh, different to the Eastern European one, ones, but um, as much interesting and incredible. It turned out that Austrians are really, really proud about their bread. So the whole um, pavilion was centered around. Uh, traditional bread production. So the designers came up with really minimalist, modern and simple design from a, uh, from a bread making machine and for all the utensils used to uh, making bread. And what, what was the most fun, they actually baked bread on site and they m allowed us to try their traditional breads, one of which was a cocoa bread which was so amazing. It was actually really tasty and it was hot and um, the smell was incredible. And they really based on those um, sensations, like the sensory experience of the exhibition. So the bread was smelling like heavenly, the taste was incredible. And they also did a thing which I have never seen in the Mm, design Biennale. They did a ASMR impression of the bread, um, the the bread outer layer, which is so crispy, and uh, you could put you could put on uh, the headphones and listen to the sound of fresh bread. So it was really really great. I I became so hungry after that exhibition. <laughs> so a lot of points for Austrians. The Pavilion was one of the mostly visited, I think, because of the bread. Uh, so yes, there were many different approaches to the um, to the uh, designing pavilions. Ones were really focusing of on national values. Other were uh, focusing on politics. Uh, other ones were just focusing on nice and tasty things that you can find in the countries. I feel like the common theme that connected all of the pavilions was the urge to show uh, the world something that is the most important or the most interesting at the moment from their own country. Or even not the most important, but just something that they really want people to know about their own country. So for Poland-Ukraine, it was the current conflict. For the um, Austrian pavilion, it was their bread. There was a really nice pavilion uh, made by Saudi Arabia, which was celebrating uh, women and was celebrating their um, traditional form of um, of knitting. These women, they, they can make it, by, make it by their own hands, but the design is actually really complex. So the designers came up with like a machine that every visitor could just sit on it and uh, thread the uh, threads around in a really simple way and contribute to making a really big piece of um, textile which will afterwards be probably exhibited and it's really fun because you felt like you can become a part of the pavilion even though you didn't design anything but you took part if, in the creation of this one piece so definitely there are um, different approaches but what connects them all they want to celebrate something about their own country or educate people about it I have been telling you a lot about uh, Eastern European designers and I feel like I'm gonna carry on because there's definitely not enough um, awareness about 
uh, Eastern European artists. So I want to talk about Maria Bartuszowa, who has a solo exhibition in Tate Modern. And she is a Prague-born Slovak artist who mainly um, makes sculptures. And uh, actually her uh, sculptures are inspired by playing with her young daughter. And she created abstract shapes by pouring plaster into rubber balloons. Her signature material was white plaster, giving the sculptures a fragile, qu fragile quality. And what I mean by that is that she is using a relatively strong and tough material, which is plaster. We usually use plasters for casting something that is really durable and hard. And she uses plaster to cast uh, shapes that seem really fragile, delicate and actually soft. She uses balloons uh, in order to pour plaster in them. And what comes out is a balloon-like shape that seems as if it was about to uh, pop in a second. And uh, some of them actually pop. What I mean is that the sculptures are deconstructed. They, some of them have uh, cavities and holes. And actually my favorite one is called the endless egg. And she made it in the way that basically she uh, casted many forms in the form of an egg, but each of them were incomplete. So she inserted one into another, into another, and the endless egg was created. So basically, she has a really interesting and I feel like intuitive approach to sculpture. She basically plays with the limitations of the material. She, mm, she uh, allows balloons to burst, and creates delicate works similar to cocoons or nests. She is also really inspired by human body, so uh, the fragility of material of um, plaster sculptures can be applicable also to the fragility of uh, human body, and the curvatures of the shapes can also be connected to femininity, which I find extremely interesting as uh, Bartuszowa. Um, who started um, creating about 1960s was still challenging the boundaries of uh, females being included in the art world and especially talking about the female body. So her approach using a really tough material in talking about feminine and delicate uh, female um, curves it's extremely interesting. I really recommend that exhibition because it's also aesthetically pleasing. Everything is so coherent. She is really coherent with the usage of white plaster. She uses it almost everywhere. And if she, she decides to add some material to it, she usually decides on adding natural materials. So she would add like natural piece of a tree and put it inside of the plaster so that you can only see a silhouette of the tree. Or she might add some uh, metals or some uh, materials that have metallic or chrome finish and she connects them with the organic shapes of the plaster. I find it extremely nice and if you are in London, actually both Bartuszowa and London Biennale are on until the 25th of June, which is not a long time. but. It's definitely worth seeing because they bring such an interesting 
topics up and uh, they are definitely inspiring for the young artists and the young designers. <laughs> Following on the previous exhibitions that are actually on, I would like to speak about the artist whose ex exhibition is uh, sadly uh, already off, but I find his painting so interesting and I really want to talk about them. So uh, Biji Zhu is an American artist who, similarly to Bartuszowa, draws inspiration from his kid. Uh, at the heart of his work is the inspiration he draws from his daughter's imagination and her love of monsters. And uh, Bijijou is an artist who uh, works with many different techniques. He uses sprays, he uses paint, he uses crayons or on his paintings. And he paints monsters. He paints these imaginary creatures that, he, that uh, are placed within the imaginary realm that he creates himself. And he mostly works with paintings, traditional uh, format of canvas painting, but he also does sculptures. And the sculptures are quite funny and uh, nice to experience because he brings those monsters to life. What I mean is that he creates sort of like um, bug-like looking creature and he literally uh, sculpts it so that when you walk around the exhibition you can see all those pictures of monsters but then you can see the monster himself. And uh, just for your information look up Bijijou because uh, his art is quite amazing. He is really well known at the moment because he actually became famous for TikTok. So it's a good tip for young artists to become familiar with those types of uh, social media practices because you can end up in satiates. Okay, so to sort of wrap up uh, what I was telling you, it's interesting to notice that in today's artistic landscape, artists continue to push the boundaries of creativity by challenging the limitations of traditional materials. They are constantly seeking innovative ways to express their ideas and emotions, often incorporating in unconventional mediums and um, techniques into their works. From mixed media installations to digital art forms, artists are exploring new avenues to break free from the constraints of traditional materials. So, as in the Biennale, they experiment with found objects, repurposed materials, uh, in order to tell a little bit about their background. Actually, it's the same what Bijijou does, because he works with crayons, he is creating this childish um, realm, and he brings these materials in order to tell about his own personal background, where he comes from and where his inspiration is drawn from. And if you look at the work of Bartuszowa, she also speaks about her ideas, challenging the, um, challenging the limitations of the materials. She is trying to talk about the fragility using a really strong material but making it look so fragile that you think it's gonna break. She is talking about uh, fragility using the idea of the egg but using plaster to make it and plaster is such a strong and durable material that you would never associate those two. So I feel like it's really interesting when you visit exhibitions to pay attention to how artists want to speak through 
their specific choice of materials and the techniques and how they challenge those in order to illustrate what they want to say. And it can not only speak about their personal background or the idea, their ideas, it can also tell you a lot about their practice and how they want to expand on their technique. For example, with Bijezhou, who is known as a painter, he really uses those sculptural themes by bringing the monsters to life to work on the idea of expanded painting. He does not only think about uh, how he can make a nice drawing or painting of the monsters, but he is really thinking about working interdisciplinary and bringing other techniques to his practice. Um, so yeah, I feel like by embracing this multidisciplinary approach, um, artists are redefining the very concept of what constitutes art and they are sort of like blurring the lines between different disciplines and embracing the infinite possibilities that exist within the realm of materials. So yes, this is what I really wanted to bring to you today and I hope that you enjoyed the episode. I have many more recommendations which I will definitely be speaking about in the future. So stay tuned for more episodes and thank you for listening to Young Artists Podcast. See you. Bye.